welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Fire Emblem Fates, Birthright, and Conquest, and definitely not Revelation. And my guest is Danielle Dorr. Hello. Hi, Danielle. Hi. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, so Danielle and I, some history, uh, Danielle and I used to uh, live in the same building. Slash apartment. Slash apartment. Slash, <laughs> As if well, we were roommates. I didn't know what you call it. It's, like, it's not like a duplex, is it? Or was it? Uh, it was like a quadplex. It was a quadplex. There were, there were four. <laughs> it was yes. a two-story thing. There were four places it was there. my most favorite apartment. We, we, we shared many fun times, like watching that one guy crack his, crack his skull on the floor yeah. when we were eating oh pizza. God. That was great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> learned who the true heroes were. Yeah, uh, yeah. Learned how squeamish I was because I just had to kind of call nine one one and then go to the hallway and sit down for a bit. Yeah. Um, so Danielle and I have been friends for a really long time. Danielle lives out in Los Angeles now, um, and she is making a special trip back to St. Louis just for this podcast episode. Danielle, thank you so much. You're I so feel so honored. Uh, no, you're actually back here to see a new baby nephew and to do some other things, uh, but I was able to grab you for a night, and we can talk about one of the best games, two games, three games, games, <laughs> that came out this year so far. So yes. far. Uh, we're, in, we're in early June now, so there's time for lots of other great not, games to take the spot. Not much time left. No, not a lot of time, but some time, maybe. Fireable Fates pretty good <laughs> agreed uh, I, I like fire emblem fates a lot um and you played it as well and we're yes. going to talk about it right here but before we do that um let's just talk about some general kind of what you've been playing stuff because it's been a while since i've done one of these episodes I think the last one i did was for uh the pax east thing that happened in i'm gonna say april but it could have been may oh <laughs> um either way it's been a little while since my last show and i've been playing a lot of stuff and you may have been playing some stuff, so let's talk about that stuff. Danielle, what have you been playing other than Fire Emblem Fates? Okay, so uh, as far as portable consoles go, I've been playing Bravely Second, the sequel to Bravely Default, which I've never played. You've never played Bravely Default? Nope. Okay. Yep. That's... Don't, I, I honestly don't even know why I started playing Bravely Second, except for somebody put it into a 3DS and handed it to me and said, you should play this. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I think that's because somebody else put it into an envelope and sent it to you. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> that's right. So, it's because I'm dumb. No. It's, it's really, no, it's because I'm dumb. You're because not... I pre-ordered this game uh, through... I pre-ordered this game, like, physically. Yeah. Thinking... Oh, it's an RPG, a big JRPG. I'd want to have this on a card so I can just put it in my 3DS, play it. When I'm done with it, remove it, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I can keep it forever. I like having physical games. Awesome. Uh, and also, it's probably a big game, so I don't want to just have it taking up a bunch of space in my 3DS where I might want a lot more downloadable games in the future. Uh, so I pre-ordered the physical version. And then I saw some trailer about character classes and it's like oh man yeah i can't wait for that game and so excited have i pre-ordered that yet i don't think i have like oh let me let me (laughs) pre-order let me pre-order the version uh the downloadable version because yeah of course i want that like i need to have that it it just went it just went up chase changed personalities with (laughs) it basically well they they announced that it just went up for digital pre-order and it's like oh well okay i need to do that so i i pre-ordered it there man i feel great about that 
And then it was a couple weeks later where I was like, wait a minute, did I, have I already pre-ordered this game? Wait a minute. And I checked Amazon, and I'm like, oh shit, this is coming. And I could have canceled it then, and I tried to cancel it then, uh, but I also had purchased Mario and Luigi um, Paper Jam. And Amazon, for whatever reason, is like, yeah, if you bundle an order like this, you can't just, you can't cancel yeah. part of the order. Uh, I, I think it might be like a shipping thing. So, ah, uh, I'm fucked. I'm getting this game no matter what. Uh, yeah, don't hurt twice. your sponsorship twice. possibilities. <laughs> yeah, all those, Amazon, hot, great. those hot sponsorship <laughs> opportunities. Um, so then I ended up having two copies of this game. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think I may have heard a very abbreviated version of that story, but I got it <laughs> in between the time that... Yeah. Uh, I was handed it and started playing. I imagine the abbreviated version was, Chase is dumb, here's a game. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Knowing knowing Brian, um, your boyfriend, who's my very good friend, uh, who I mailed it to, <laughs> I'm sure that is exactly the phrase that he said when uh, when handing you that. So, um, yes, you have a copy of Bravely Second now. Uh, yeah. I have a copy of Bravely Second I've played all of it. It's a all very it? it's a very long game that's well over sixty hours. I think uh, I think maybe I put in somewhere around seventy to eighty. But I also did a lot. Like I I maxed out all the character classes for yeah. each character. I found the character class system like interesting, but my problem was I felt like the game itself was so slow up until the point that you could start adjusting how often you were in battles and mm-hmm. um and just, it just seemed like it took forever to get to a point where I was actually, quote-unquote, playing the game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was five hours in before I was like, okay, I'm I'm finally playing what is now the game. And then by that time, I was kind of like, I don't know about this. For reference, how far are you in the game? Probably four or five hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about four hours in, and it takes five hours to really get into this. Yes. Uh, I will I will agree with you. It's a, it's a slow starter. I can't, honestly, I can't remember a ton about the start. Um... I can remember one very specific thing about the start, and I can't tell you why. <laughs> um, uh, so there's... So for people for people like you who have not played Bravely Default, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Bravely Default. And okay. that it is an awesome game that is totally fucking stupid at the end. Oh. <laughs> um, so the, the game goes around a lot about time uh, manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, even the the core conceit of the combat with the brave and default system. The brave is taking more turns than it's taking like four turns in a turn if you want to, and that's because you manipulate time a little bit with the the brave and stuff, and manipulating how many turns you have. That turns into a thing that's used more in the game, and you end up going through some time travel loop where you have to face the same bosses over and over and over again. And it's like a it's a, like a four-hour chunk of the game, maybe maybe less. It's been a while since I played it. But it's a good chunk of the game that you just keep replaying. And you get to the end of that sequence, and the same thing happens where you then have to go back. And you play through it a couple times, and I can't remember exactly how many times you play through, but I, from my memory... I've replayed it like three maybe or four or maybe five times. And there are times where I felt like I was doing <laughs> it wrong. And maybe maybe so, because it, it did get to a point where your companion, Aerie, who's a fairy, <laughs> um, she kind of hints at you at one point that here's this thing to do to break this cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But if you didn't know what you were doing, you're just you just keep you doing just the cycle. Uh, so that sucks. It yeah. sucks a lot. Now I'm just continue to beating continue beating the bosses that you've played time and time again. And the cool thing about that game and kind of this game because it carries over that same mechanic is when you fight a boss and beat the boss, you get the boss's class. You get the asterisk that lets you. Uh, play as that class so to become a white mage you have to beat the white mage right. holly white because they all have they <laughs> all have names that are puns <laughs> everyone has a name that is a pun and if it's not a pun it's a secret oh. yeah you know you know with airy yeah like, well the the game's full name is bravely default flying fairy mm-hmm. or no it's when the fairy flies it was flying fairy in Japan. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't matter because what they do is they kind of replay the title screen for you at one point and they cover up some letters. Oh. So it's not Flying Fairy, it's Lying Airy. Oh. oh, wait, Airy's lying to you. She's been <laughs> lying to you the whole time. What a twist. And then when the fairy flies, it's Airy lies. Yeah. See what they did? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that kind of twist really pissed me off. <laughs> um, and having to replay a bunch of the game really pissed me off. Uh, so for something that I really loved, I loved the combat, I loved the job system, I loved being able to combine different parts of the jobs to, to use these things. Like the, the ninja class can dual wield, mm-hmm. and you get to a point where you can get to the dual wield as just an ability. So I then can be a knight who is stronger and uses bigger swords, but I can also dual wield with the knight, so now the knight has both the big swords and can hit for a bunch of extra damage. I love doing all that stuff. And then it just sours you with the story at the end. Bravely Second is all of that again. Yeah. (laughs) You'd think they might have learned their lesson, but they just went, what if we made this combat even better? What if we made this job system even better? What if we made this story even worse? Oh. <laughs> uh, so yes, there is another giant twist coming your way. I won't tell you all the stuff that happens, but you know, know if I would have find out. <laughs> it's it's worth it to get to that point because it's so cool playing it when you yeah. actually do get control, which does take a little while. When you get control though, and you're able to start building these strategies of I'm going to take a little bit from this class and a little bit of that class and combine these things together, and now I have this really cool party of people who can do these really crazy things, and you get to play with the, the Brave and Default system to give turns and take turns. I did really like that. The it's really cool. Thing is Especially cool. for grinding. That's, yes. that's my favorite part of it, is that for low-level enemies that you just find in the field, whereas in a regular like Final Fantasy game or a JRPG, you, know, you hit, fight, hit, fight, hit, fight, hit, fight. Okay, done. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, you go, I want to brave uh, four times, and my one character will immediately take care of all these people. And they add in other things to make grinding so much more fun, like just fast-forwarding through a ton of it. Like yes. you, can, you can set the speed of the animation mm-hmm. up super high so things just go. Yes. And one of the other great things is they just let you manipulate the, the random encounters. Yes. Of you can... It's set to 0% right now, or it's set to 0% messing around with it. And you can push it up to plus 100%, so now you're getting double the the random battles that you thought you would before. And then you can set it all the way down to negative 100%. You're not fighting anything. You can just run around, which is great if all your party members are about to die. And like, well, I don't want to face anything. I'm going to go back to town. 
I'll set it back to nothing, and now I can just scroll back to town with no problem. Or I'm really grinding right now, and this is all about grinding. Set it up to plus 100% and just let those things fly. All that stuff's good. And then the one one of the other extra things they've added in this, I'm really excited about this game. Yeah, and it's all this excitement that makes me so pissed off that it ends up <laughs> disappointing me at the end. Um, I know, you're really, really making me want to play this game. <laughs> like, really wanting me want to finish it. But the, the best thing is the, the one-turn victories. Yes. You, have you got, yes. Okay, so you've gotten mm-hmm. to that point yet, where uh, if you can finish off the entire enemy party within one turn, or one quote-unquote turn, because the Brave thing lets you have right. four turns in a turn if you wanted to, uh, if you can finish them off in a single quote-unquote turn, you can immediately fight another batch of enemies and get a multiplier that stacks... For, for the experience and for the money and for the job points that get you the abilities of those job classes. And you can keep stringing those together. And you can just get to amazing combinations and you have to use the strategy and the abilities that you got to get those one-turn things really efficiently and quickly. And then you can start amassing tons and tons of experience to level up your guys very quickly. So it makes the grinding really fun to take... Two low level two two low level enemies that in like a Final Fantasy game, like we said, fight, fight, done. Alright, I got my five experience points and a piece of gold. Cool. <laughs> and ooh, there was an herb. Alright, I'll take all these things. Uh, in Bravely Default, it's you find those two enemies and it's brave, 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 brave. Destroyed them all in one turn. One turn victory. Sweet. You get a little bit of experience, a little bit of money. But with the one turn victory, now you get another batch of a couple small enemies. And now I can brave, 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 brave and destroy those guys. And I can keep keep amassing this thing. And I've spent maybe five minutes grinding. But I've spent the five minutes I would be grinding in a Final Fantasy, you amass a small amount of experience. And in this, you gain massive amounts if you're doing things right. And it can be really fun and satisfying. So satisfying that the boss fights in this one, because of the one-turn victory, actually feel like the worst part of the game. Yeah. In that these guys, you can't just one-shot. Or you, you can with some fuckery, and if you've overleveled <laughs> yourself like I did, because I spent all the time doing the grinding. Uh, but you can't one-turn victory a boss. Which I, I could do more with the bosses, because they should be giving you more experience at the end. But they don't, because you can't maximize all the experience. Unless they gave you the option in a boss battle if you won. Sure, that'd be great. Send send another boss at me. Like, do it. Come on, keep feeding me. This is great. I love this. Uh, But then you get to the end and there's some there's some more time travel-y bullshit. Not, it's not as time-consuming and bad as the first game. But it can be. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure you just talked me out of playing Maybe. either of them. <laughs> I what I would what I would tell you to do if you're actually enjoying any part of the game right now and want to keep playing it, keep keep playing through this really fun part where you can are amassing abilities and getting the one turn stuff and doing all that. And when you get near the time travely stuff, and it'll it'll make itself very apparent when you've gotten there. Then just kind of like throw open a fact and just like. <laughs> eh. What do get I need through, to do? like, yeah, get through some of the dumb boss battles. Get through some of the dumb stuff. Make sure that you're not wasting your time playing the entire game again, which is very possible if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And and this this game is called Bravely Second End Layer, 
And I'm not going to tell you what they do to the title screen this time, but they do something to the title screen where you're like, oh, that's what it meant. Is one of the words going to be Slayer? No, but no. you're you're not far off. <laughs> yeah, whereas in whereas in Flying Fairy or When the Fairy Flies, they took away letters. They mm-hmm. add letters to this time. Oh, yeah. well, it's, those sticks. <laughs> it's it's clever in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I'm left with the same kind of bad taste in my mouth, despite how much I really love so many aspects of these Bravely games. Yeah. I don't know if it'll make my top five this year. Bravely Bravely Default, I think, was like my third best game when it came out. And, yeah. And, man, if I read your review of that, it would sound exactly like what I'm talking about with Bravely Second, because it's just, <laughs> they didn't learn their lesson at all. And they won't learn it when they make the third game, which I will definitely play. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a glutton for punishment at that point. I, I really am. I really am. So I've also been playing... <laughs> yes, please tell us. It doesn't have to be a handled game. Anything's um, fine. That's good, because that's the only one I've been playing. <laughs> Besides Fire Emblem, uh, like, I, I play portable games, but they just have to, like... They have to kind of seduce me sure. into playing them, and then I play them obsessively until I beat them. And then I put down my handheld console for X amount of time. That's fair. Um, but I'm playing, I've been playing a lot of Don't Starve on my PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, Which at least does have a handheld version. It does. And a mobile version. And I, and I also, I, I do play the handheld version, but the loading times just take too long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing, I don't know what it is about Don't Starve that pulls me back in again. I just I would actually really love to hear why you like Don't Starve, because it was one that I tried. We we did a podcast, uh, I did a podcast earlier on this game. Uh, it was only a few shows ago with, with Ryan Damp, who's uh, also here in St. Louis. And uh, I think we were kind of of two minds of it. Like, I wasn't a big fan of the, of the starving part of yeah. Don't Starve. Um, whereas I really like games like Rogue Legacy or something where... You're not... Uh, I mean, I like the roguelike aspect. Rogue Legacy might not be the best choice to, to compare it to, but I like these roguelike games that give you that one life, and you're kind of scrounging around and looking for stuff and building stuff and building up a character, and, oh, you fucked up, now you're dead, now you have to start all over. Like, I don't mind that. I love playing Spelunky. I like Rogue Legacy. I like these kind of roguelike games, but there, it seemed like there was too much stuff to worry about where I had my fear gauge and I had my drinking gauge and I had my eating gauge and I had all these different gauges and things. And I just felt if you don't like the, the crazy amount of gauges, then Mm -hmm. you could just play the not brain of giants edition, which only does life, uh, insanity and hunger. Mm. It's just those three. You don't have to worry about getting all of your stuff like soaked or whatever. I I've, okay, so just hearing that, I have not played the Reign of Giants. So to hear that even more shit, <laughs> even more gauges get piled on top, is not making me excited. I don't know. I <laughs> just I think Don't Starve. The first time I really decided I loved it was the first time I died because uh, because the game. I just feel like it's one of those games that's like fucks you over, mm-hmm. but then you learn from it. Like, I remember the first time I survived, like, ten days or whatever, and then all of a sudden my character keeps saying, I, what is that noise? What is that noise? And then a minute later I get attacked by hounds and I die. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? 
just happens. But it may be okay. So I know what I need to do next time. It's just that kind of like, okay, figuring out. Hey, you needed to build some armor and have a have a stabby stick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I built some armor and I had a stabby stick and I fucked their shit up next I time. I think I got to armor. I don't think I made a stabby stick. Oh, no, yeah. You get the stabby stick. You're good. Like, <laughs> I, I definitely made a science machine on my first roll. I weirdly found, like, the amulet thing that lets you have a free second life on my first, what? very first game. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Which kind of, which kind of fucked over my expectations. Yeah, because you're like, I'm never like, going to get that again. Where's the thing that gets me the extra life now? But you can find the touchstones. I, I apparently did not get nearly oh far enough gosh, in that game. Oh my gosh, I played like, so many. I don't know if I've ever survived past, like, I think the longest I survived, survived was like 60 days. That's much longer than me. Yeah, <laughs> like but I've, I've never even gone into, or I've gone a little bit into the actual story. Mm-hmm. You find Max's door and you go through the door. And the, the story you go through the trials. interesting. Like, there's, isn't there like a, like you're making a science fair project and somebody offers to help you with it and that's the science machine that you make but then he also I don't know if you're making, you I don't know I mean I just took it as like the main character is this mad scientist uh and he is seduced by this this thing is like no I'll help you and then I don't know I never read like an actual story I'm just <laughs> I'm just telling from like the pictures and gotcha. the music okay but and then you're pulled into this this other dimension or this other world um but then, like, from what I have read, there are trials that you have to go through. And each, like, each one is a different world. Mm. And in each world, like, I, I think the first one you go into is, uh, well, I don't know if it's the same every time or not. But it's like a winter world. And you come back, you go there, and they give you, like, earmuffs. And that's it. And then you have to survive that. And I don't know if you find the next door or whatever, because that's about as far as I've got. <laughs> But if you die, you come back to the entrance of the door. So you could just keep trying. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. You, you know what I'd like to do? And we're not going to get to do it here because we don't have the time nor the devices to do it. Um, I would like to play Don't Starve Together. Yes. Uh, with the co-op stuff and have somebody who knows their shit, like <laughs> you, say, no, Chase, you're doing the wrong thing. You're going the wrong way. Like, Chase, quit, make, quit make collecting carrots. Yeah, like, make this Go thing get for some me. Because <laughs> at one point, like, I've made an axe. And I was like, all right, I made, made the axe. That's a pretty basic thing to, like, chop down trees. But, you know, it's also an axe. Like, it's it should be an offensive weapon, right? Like, there's a rabbit. Like, I should be able to kill that rabbit with this axe so then I can have rabbit. And no, the rabbit went down in its hole. I'm like, I don't. Okay, do I need to wait for the rabbit? And then I got a shovel. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll just dig the rabbit out. And then I can kill it then. And I dug the rabbit out, and then it still ran away from me. I don't know what I'm doing, and I figured out later, okay, I have to make a trap, and traps did other stuff, and I couldn't, it was a lot to figure out, and I just, I'm sure if I stuck with it, and if it was, like, the one game I had, I could stick with it, really learn a lot about it, and have a lot of fun, but as it is, where I have all these other games going, Chase, you should play me, Uh, then it's just like, man, oh, I keep dying in this, and this thing looks fun, maybe I'll try this other game instead. You should play Don't Starve Together. I, I, I haven't actually played that yet. I would love to. Okay. So, well, we'll, we'll, uh, if you are inviting out. me to play a game and yell at you, I, I'm 100 <laughs> up for that. I'm. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll have to find a time to make that work. Um, so yeah, don't starve. That's that's awesome. Cool. Yes. Um, what well, have you been playing? Not a whole lot. Like honestly, it was bravely second that was taking up all this time. Obviously, um, it's <laughs> I because I was enjoying it, but I wanted to get through it. Cause especially because I have 
other things I want to do, other games I want to play. This is the year of JRPGs. I think I've said it before, and I will continue to keep saying it. Because Bravely Second and Fire Emblem, even though that's a strategy RPG, same, it's, it's still very Japanese. Um, Mario & Luigi Paper Jam, that is actually what I'm currently playing. Uh, Project Cross Zone 2, I didn't play the first Cross Zone, but it's... Like it's a bunch of it's a mashup of a bunch of characters. There's okay. some Capcom guys like Reeves in it and, and other. Hey, look at all these franchise characters now. Now we'll all fight together in some weird thing. Um, I I don't know much about it because I haven't played it and I didn't play the first game, but looks cool and it's mm-hmm. a JRPG fightery thing, maybe with cards. I don't know. <laughs> um, Persona Five is fast approaching. I don't know if it'll get here this year for us. I think it gets here this year for Japan. Might get here. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Pokemon. We're getting new Pokemon in November. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Sun and Moon. (laughs) Um, Just for the for the folks at home who who may have gone another way with that. Um, Yes. Pokemon Sun and Moon gets here in November, and those will probably be awesome. Or, or they'll be, they'll or they'll be, be Pokemon games. Exactly so, like every other so Pokemon I'll game. love them, yes. and maybe other people will love them too. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, uh, and I, I might be missing some things. I'm sure there's other good stuff, JRPG stuff that's coming out. But these games take a long time to play. Uh, Bravely Second was well into the 80 hour mark for me. I think so like 70, 80 hours, maybe even more. Um, Mario and Luigi. That's the one I'm playing through right now. Uh, I. It's a lighter RPG for sure. Uh, I did not really like Dream Team, the one that came before. Um, it had some some awful boss battles where, it, hey, you spend all this time leveling up your gear and leveling up your character, and now for this boss battle against Bowser, uh, don't worry about that. We're going to have you play this little mini game thing oh. that takes into account none of the previous stuff you've worked on. That's terrible. So yeah, it was just kind of sucky. Uh, and this one does. A similar thing, but in a more fun way. Uh, with Paper Jam, they have all these paper... Uh, not paper mache. Um, like paper craft okay. uh, guys. So the boss battles are kind of take place on this 3D field, and you you are controlling this giant Mario paper craft, and you're fighting against a Bowser paper craft. And you have, it has different controls. It takes none of the RPG elements into account. It's also kind of dumb, but it's also more of a side thing that has a little bit more strategy than the hit this button at the right time of Dream Team. Right. So it's not as bad. And the RPG stuff is actually a little faster, I feel, than than a Dream Team. So they're getting back. It's a better one of these Mario and Luigi games. It's I have not played Bowser's Inside Story. That's the one people say is the best Mario and Luigi game. Um, I've played all of the others, at least some part. And this one, I would say, is is up there for those. So it might not be as good as um, Bowser's Inside Story, but it's a pretty good one of these. So yeah, I played a little bit of Bowser's Inside Story, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, but it's it's much lighter. It's it's still a JRPG for sure. <laughs> like you're still leveling up abilities, um, but it also is that kind of Paper Mario combat that I really love of hitting A at the right time when you jump on an enemy, and then you get an extra jump and do more damage. Uh, that stuff is really good. And Paper Mario is in this game. Like as, as Paper Jam, Paper Mario is like an alternate dimension Mario. So now you your party is Mario, Luigi, and Paper Mario. And Paper Mario kind of does a ton of weird fuck-around stuff uh, where he gets to... You can make tons of copies of Paper Mario. 
So now I have Paper Mario who can jump on an enemy eight times, whereas Mario can jump on them twice. Uh, so Paper Mario kind of gets some cool well, we broken need to, moves. We need to in density. I'm sure, like getting hit <laughs> by Paper eight times. He's he is he is less powerful than Mario, but getting to do yeah, they, yes. it's they do some cool stuff with that. Um, I like I like the conceits they have in there, um, and I especially like that I'm about I'm a little less than twenty hours in, and I can tell I'm really close to the ending. And I like an RPG that can be short. Short RPGs are awesome. Um, last last year, was it last year? I think it was last year, where I played uh, a Steven Universe RPG on an iPad. That, huh? Steven Universe. Yeah, it's awesome. The show yes. and the game. The game is actually really yeah. good. Uh, I'd recommend it if you if you want to play a nice light RPG uh, that is, is. Do they sing songs? They don't quite sing songs. It's. It it has some fan servicey elements in it, but it's not that fan servicey. Okay. Um, but it is just like this little side story when you play as the Crystal Gems and fight. Oh, it's cool. Anyway, um, but that game was like five hours. Yeah, and it was an awesome little JRPG. And this game is twenty hours, and it's still a nice, relatively little JRPG, considering the fact that I just came off of Bravely Second, which I spent eighty plus hours in. Um, so this is really nice. I'm almost finished, uh, and then. I don't really know where I'm moving on to after that. It could be Project Cross Zone. Or you could play Revelation. It could be Fire Emblem Fates Revelation. Let's figure <laughs> out how this podcast goes. Uh, it could be Pokemon Black and White uh, to get me in the mood for Pokemon again. And also that might be a future show. <laughs> yeah. uh, just saying. <laughs> uh, that would be the next one in the chronology uh, that I have yet to do. I think the last one was... Diamond and Pearl, so that would make Black and White the next ones. Anyway, so that's kind of what I've been playing. And Pocket Card Jockey. Just a touch of Pocket Card Jockey. Don't know what that is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's made by Game Freak, the Pokemon people. Okay. Um, and it's a horse racing solitaire game. <laughs> you you play solitaire. It's, a, it's not solitaire like you know. It's solitaire as in can connect the six to the seven to the seven to the eight to the nine to the eight to the nine okay that kind of solitaire but you're playing this and you're trying to clear out a board and when you clear out the board it makes your horse happier and when your horse is happier it runs faster and there are a lot of other really detailed mechanics but it looks like a stupid little kitty cartoon thing and it's, it's kind of fun to play. I haven't played much of it, but then you breed the horses, and then you get better, faster horses that can use the energy that you get from the from the uh, card game in a more efficient way. And it sounds interesting. It's it's like a weird mobile game that is super quick. Takes you five minutes to play a race and that kind of stuff. Maybe even less. Uh, it's it's really not that involved. Um, but it's also really involved. <laughs> uh, it's on 3DS here. It's only like seven bucks, something like that. Uh, in Japan, it's actually out for phones, which makes a lot more sense. I think I could definitely see having this. I was just going to say, I need a new a addictive game for my phone. Oh, I but... wish this game was on phones. It would be really, it would be better on phones. The only cool thing here is that you use the stylus. Somebody right? put it on phones. Be in nice. America, I mean, that's Nintendo would need to do that. <laughs> but Nintendo, shout shout at them. They're they're kind of making phone games now, so yeah. maybe uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll tweet at them later. <laughs> you do that. I will. <laughs> you better like uh, it. So yeah, pocket jar, pocket card jockey is is kind of neat, and I want to play more of that. But that's kind of a little bit at a time game. 
Whew. That was a lot talking about what we played. It was a lot. And now we're going to talk a lot about a game that has a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> or two games. Or three games that has a lot of stuff We're going to talk about two. We're only talking about two. Yes. <laughs> Danielle and I have not played Revelation. And neither of us want to be spoiled for the crazy fuckery that happens with that. Because we know there is something deeper in this game. We've we fought the Evil King twice. Because we both yes. played through both versions. Um, and we know there's more to it. But we're not going to go into what that is because we don't know and we don't want to know. <laughs> not yet. Um, so we'll get there. We'll get there, definitely. Um, but that that actually leads to something that I wanted to talk about this game before we jump into the history stuff that we usually do. And that's maybe the phrase too much of a good thing <laughs> comes into my mind. Uh, it was two, three years ago where we got Fire Emblem Awakening. It was 2014, yes. I think. Um, I love Fire Emblem Awakening. It might be my favorite game of all time. Wow. Might be. It's up there. It's yes. like like Portal and Psychonauts are around there. Pokemon Red like shows up every once in a while. And then like Fire Emblem Awakening came out and it was like, hey, I'm awesome. <laughs> and I loved that game. And I played multiple 200-hour saves of that game. Wow. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, I got a bunch of my friends into it. It was easily the best game that came out that year, and that was a year where the uh, that new Zelda 3DS game came out, uh, the the Link Between Worlds. That was really good. Yeah, I didn't play that one. Okay, it was really good. Oh, cool. But not Fire Emblem Awakening good. Like Fire Emblem Awakening destroyed everything. It was so great. I loved all these characters. Uh, I I had so much fun. I had so much fun. and then these games came out, and I was really excited. This this is awesome. I'm getting Fire Emblem. I'm getting another Fire Emblem. Awakening was supposed to be the last one they made. That was that's that's why Awakening was so good is because the team was like, this is probably the last one we're going to get to make. Let's make it a little. Let's throw our resources in it. Make it really cool. Go out on a, go out with a bang. And then it was commercially and critically super popular, and Nintendo said, mm, "You're making you're yeah. making you're making more Fire Emblems. That's what <laughs> you're doing." Advance Wars, fuck Advance Wars. You're making Fire Emblem. Um, so now they make more Fire Emblem. And they made a lot of Fire Emblem. A lot. Too much. Almost. Fates, even one single game of Fates, like Birthright and or Conquest and or Revelation are all about the same length as Awakening. About. Yeah. Um, I don't know how Conquest... Maybe not Conquest, because Conquest has a really linear storyline. But Birthright, definitely, with the amount of time you can put into it. They're very Awakening-sized games. Um, And I put a lot of time into Awakening. And then I put a lot of time into both of these games. And now I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I totally needed to take a break before Revelation. And that break has turned into a really long hiatus. I mean, a few months. <laughs> but yeah. that feels really long for a game that is a sequel to potentially my favorite game of all time. Like, There's new Fire Emblem, Danielle. There's, Dan- there's, there's Fire Emblem that I have not played. How exciting is that? Like, that should, be, that should be amazing. I should love that. And kind of right now I'm thinking, I could probably wait a little longer before I start Revelation. And it's not because it's bad. It's because it's a lot. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. 
I don't know. I didn't. I guess I never felt exhausted after playing it. <laughs> um, but Revelation's the biggest reason why I haven't got it yet. It's just because it's a digital download. Mm-hmm. I as soon as I finished Birthright, I ordered Conquest nice. um, like that day and got it <laughs> two days later. So I I don't know. I I really liked them. If if Revelations had had a hard copy, I probably mm-hmm. would have bought it and played it by now. So I don't I don't remember exactly how it works, um, but I think there's like a special edition of Fire Emblem that comes with all three on one card. Uh, that that special edition sold out almost immediately, yeah. and I already pre-ordered it before twice or, or no, not twice. Sorry, I pre-ordered. Oh, I'm not going to get that. Chase is dumb. Here's sorry, the I, I <laughs> confused the uh, confused the brevity second in there. No, I downloaded the the digital version immediately as soon as that went on pre-order. For Birthright, and then realized they had this uh, extra special edition that had all the games in it, and thought, well, I've already pre-ordered it on download. You can't cancel your your downloadable pre-orders. And also, unlike Bravely Second, Fire Emblem is a game that I know I will go back to again and again and again. That's what I did with Awakening. I don't see why it would be any different for this. Uh, so... I didn't end up getting that physical package, but that was the way, the one way it seemed like to get Revelation on a physical thing. Um, Whereas digitally, one of the cool and confusing things about this game is that you can get, you can get all the games on a single cartridge by, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that with the story. Let's, let's back up a little bit and talk just about some of the, the history, why this game was made, all that kind of stuff, just to get to cover our bases for people who are unaware of Fire Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem Fates, Birthright, Conquest, and Revelation, uh, they all came out to the, to the Nintendo 3DS um, in like mid-February, I think it was like February 19th for, for uh, Birthright and Conquest, and then Revelation, if you didn't get that special edition thing that had it immediately unlocked... Uh, Revelation would come out later on March 10th for people to download. So about a month, month later, uh, which was good because at that point I was, I was a little tired of fire because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I blazed through beating both of those games in less than a month to get ready for Revelation and then, and then just needed a bit of a break. <laughs> um, developed by Intelligent Systems and Nintendo Software Planning de- uh, Development. Uh, Intelligent Systems is. One of my favorite developers, known for uh, Advanced Wars and and the Fire Emblem series and tons of other really great games, uh, WarioWare games, and and lots of lots of really cool Nintendo things that you might not be aware of. Like, uh, I really like HAL Laboratory and Intelligent Systems are like the two cool ones. One makes Advanced Wars and Fire Emblem. One makes Kirby, and they they do cool stuff. Anyway, I really like Intelligent Systems. Um, Satoru Iwata, who uh, is Nintendo's former president who died last year, um, he worked at Intelligent Systems for a long time. Or, nope, I confused that. He worked at HAL Laboratory. No. Never mind. <laughs> Never, Never mind. mind. I do get them confused a little bit, but they're both fantastic. Just make it up fast. So it's usually fine. <laughs> um, this is the 15th Fire Emblem game. Danielle, how many Fire Emblem games have you played? Three. Three? Do you count Conquest and, and Birthright as two separate ones? I do. Then you've only played two. No. <laughs> I know. No, but I played Awakening. Yeah, that's two. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. For some, they, Fates is kind of one. No. I know. That's really unfair when it really should be I three. Three. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I've kind of also played three in that sense. Um, cause I, I like five. No, that's wrong. I've played four because I played Shadow Dragon for the DS, which is a remake of the very first Fire Emblem. But here's the thing about Fire Emblem that you, you might know. Uh, we don't get a lot of Fire Emblem over here. We do, mm. we do now. Like ever since Smash Brothers Melee, where Marth and Roy were guest characters, um, and when that game came to the states, people went, "Who the fuck are these yeah. guys?" Um, then we started getting Fire Emblem games because we wanted to know who the fuck were these guys, and then we found out, oh, they're cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool guys from cool games. So uh, yeah, for the this is only the seventh Fire Emblem to come out in America. There are a lot more in, in Japanese. Uh, that I am not going to play, uh, because one, they are almost all way too hard, and uh, they're also in Japanese, and yeah. I don't speak that. I tried. Nah, I'm not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the, the second one that's on 3DS, Awakening, like we talked about, is the first. Um, and then the uh, there were a few, there was one, two on Game Boy Advance, one just called Fire Emblem for, for the States, it was had a fancy subtitle in Japanese because they knew what Fire Emblem was yeah. over there. Um, Sacred Stones, I remember, came out over here on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Sacred Stones was also part of the uh, the 3DS uh, ambassador program when uh, people like me bought their 3DSs immediately and then there were no games to play and Nintendo said, oh, sorry, sorry about the no games to play. Here are a, little, a bunch of older games that you can play now. Uh, so I got Sacred Stones there and tried to play a little bit of it and Fire Emblem's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when Awakening came out, Awakening added in a new feature, a relatively new feature. I think something like this had been used before. Characters die. Yes, casual mode. Um, (laughs) And I am a filthy casual player. (laughs) Me too. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to play. I'm literally terrified to play it not casual. And that is that is my feeling. Is that when I put in 200 plus hours into a save for something like Fire Emblem Awakening, I don't want to miss out on content that I didn't have to miss out on. Uh, I know a lot of people do the save scumming route of if somebody dies, you immediately turn off the the game. Yeah, it's like, why, why, if you're going to do that anyway, why not just have it available from the start? Uh, It it messes up the strategy, Danielle. You use... (laughs) You throw your characters out. You don't even care if they die because they just come back. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, that's the way I want to play. No, you know, if they really want to do, I would be fine if it was something like uh, Tactics where, Final Fantasy Tactics, Mm -hmm. where if a character dies and then you don't revive them before their Mm. crystal goes down to zero, then they're gone forever. That's interesting. I'm like, I feel like that's fair. Fire Emblem is just like, they're like dead they yeah. go to zero and they are dead and they're like oh i'm, I'm sorry i'm going away <laughs> and i'm i'm ugh, so dead now and i just i just i just feel like oh well what if what if you just get really fucked <laughs> yeah you don't know what you're walking into you each totally battle to battle and... and when i played shadow dragon for the ds which is an easier fire emblem but also has that permadeath no casual mode somebody dies they're dead and some characters died when I was playing it. And I got to the final battle, and I just didn't have the guys to finish it. Yeah. And what do you do then? 
Like, my, I couldn't really save Scum at that point. I was just fucked. I needed to start the game all over again. And I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped playing Shadow Dragon. So as much as I loved it, uh, my other problem was the, the main character, Marth. Um, uh, I would never use him in battles, because if he died, everything was over. So I would let my other guys do most of the heavy lifting. And then the final battle, only Marth's sword can fight the the main boss and so Marth yeah he was so under leveled and he just got flicked away and well this I'm no I can't do I can't do this um but in other in other Fire Emblem games previous Fire Emblem games the having the permanent death wasn't the end of the world because yeah you get some story out of those characters if they if they lived that oh some people could develop some friendships that's cool uh, I think some characters could even get married, but that was it. It was all in service of the story. So if a character died, it wasn't that big of a deal. You're missing out on a little bit of story, but you have all these other characters too. In Awakening, it fucking matters. Yeah. <laughs> because your married characters, the characters that you pair up and have this support conversations with when they fight together in battle, they make babies. Yeah, babies. <laughs> and the babies are the coolest part of the game. Because they take on traits from both of their parents. And they, they get skills and the classes that their parents get. So they can do cool shit. And they can become even stronger than the parents. And then you're only using the children because they're objectively better than the parents. It's really funny because I apply absolutely no strategy. And that's fine. I'm putting my character together. I'm just like, I wonder I wonder what conversations these two yeah. will have together. And that's good. Because it still <laughs> works that way. And the kids will always be good anyway. Yeah. So what I I would kind of do stuff for some of that strategy. Like I paired up the two magic users together. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll probably make a kid who's really good in magic. And he was. He was yeah. really great at doing magic. Uh, and then like, this this Pegasus Knight one who flies on the, the Pegasus unicorn looking yeah. thing. I'll have her date, the or have him date the girl on the dragon. And they'll make a, a kid who will really fuck some shit up on a dragon or, or unicorn. Whatever he does, because he'll be awesome. And, and that kind of stuff was great. So it really mattered. And if one of those parent characters died in the permanent death mode before they got married, you yeah. weren't having that kid. Nope. Kid's and gone. And that was bad. I yeah. hated that. Um, and that's that's why I just, I went to casual mode for that reason. Uh, it was, the game was also kind so of did you Did you try it? Did you try Awakening in uh, casual? Not on my first uh, playthrough. I did try one later. And I was like, yeah. Just scared. Yeah, this game's hard, and I I didn't get very far, because I immediately went, well, now I want to make an even better, I want to make even better strategic decisions on my second playthrough, and my first one I played through as a guy named Chase, go figure. And my second one I played through as a girl, because she could marry different people. Also named Chase. uh, I don't remember what I named her. Um, And then I played, uh, because she could marry different people, and you could have different different kids. Uh, Actually, was it reverse? No, I made a third, because I made a third save file, because then I thought, wait, no, I need the guy, because I wanted him to marry No, which is the, the dragon mm-hmm. kid. <laughs> um, she's the daughter of the other dragon girl you meet, uh, because then if you, if, you, if you have her marry, 
then the the kid that you create out of that, that kid can also be a dragon. And that's more dragons. <laughs> Having more dragons in the game is always better. They're and they're really strong. Yeah. So that was the way I kind of played that game of ooh, how can I even be more strategic? Um so what Fates does is take that to eleven. Like you can yeah. still you can have still have the kids, people still marry, so all the kids stuff's still there. Um they have another kind of story conceit in the in Awakening there was kind of this parallel time thing where the kids just kind of all came out at once. But you'd yeah. only find them when somebody got married because then you knew what the kid combination would be. Um, but yeah, it was so there were technically their child versions were still in that same world and they could see themselves as a kid, um, which, is just which is weird. But now they were of age where they could also fight. So everyone was at least, you know, the same general age when you're looking at them. Fucking age. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whereas in this game, the the story conceit is that there are these other parallel worlds where time moves faster, like really fast. So instead of enjoying the time when your kids are kids, nah, just dump them into this parallel universe. Yeah. To bake bake to for be two safe, minutes. To be safe. Right, to be quote. safe. And oh, they accidentally aged a bunch, so now they're our ages or yes. a little younger than us. A and now they can, younger. And, and then now they can go, fight with you us. You have to go and save them, usually, from this quote unquote <laughs> safe place. Yeah, we put them in a safe place, and the safe place wasn't attacked. safe. Or more often than not, they just go, I don't want to be in a safe place anymore. I'm going to leave. And then yeah. they're in a dangerous place, and then you have to go save them. Um, but. Everything is still kind of there. Um, there. There were some switches, if I if I remember right. Like in, in Awakening, you got all the classes that both parents could be. I don't think that's the case in in Fates. Uh, I think no. there's. I felt like the 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 job class system and everything. It seemed more restricted to me. Very much so. And I was I was actually trying to figure out because it had been such a long time since I played Awakening. And I was like, was it always like this, or did it change? Because I, I was like, I one didn't realize. I thought you could change classes multiple times yes. in Awakening, mm-hmm. as were in this one. Because uh, the, the when I played Birthright, I didn't sweat. They got to level ten, they could use their next level up. I was like, done. Absolutely. And then I realized later, oh, I should be waiting until they're level twenty, and then when they're maxed out, and then right. going to the master class. So yeah, I, I remember that being different. That was one distinctive thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I preferred more what they did in Awakening, and I, and I did as well. Um, so for for the folks at home, there are the regular classes of spear thrower guy or like knight uh or like a sword guy i forgot what the titles are like mermidian i think that was like the the uh, sword guy but then but then they could go to their hero classes which were sword master or lancer or knight those kinds of things were the or great you could be a knight and then they could evolve into a great knight or a paladin like those that's how so the, there was like two levels of leveling up, right? Or, uh, or no, because no? they'd start at that regular class. Oh, okay. And then once they got to level 10 or 20, or past level 10, you could max them out to, or bring them up to their hero class in Awakening and also in Fates. The thing is, you could switch master classes for, for the characters in Awakening, 
and they'd go back to level zero for that class. Mm -hmm. So then you could build them up from that class and get those abilities and then switch them to another class and get those abilities and they stacked and it was great. And I loved that. In this, you don't get that. You, you kind of just get, I think it's really just one length. So you get your, your one class from zero to 20 and then you can go to your next class 10 or after to the hero class and you can switch hero classes, but you only get the the thing at level 5, and I think the thing at level 20, which are the two abilities that you get for those classes. And then you're kind of done. I think you yeah. can switch to other classes. With it just doesn't get you extra stuff. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem special. If, if I'm right. It's been a little while, but I think that sounds right. The way they kind of alleviate that, uh, which I don't know if you get to... If you playing the way you do without the Nintendo connection and all the internet stuff, you might not get access to this. But there's the there's a crystal ball thing in the My Castle, yeah, and we'll yeah. and we'll talk about My Castle in a second. But that is that's where a lot of this game takes place. You're actually mm-hmm. kind of missing out on some of it because then you can go visit other people and see their characters and fight against their characters, their parties, and if you beat them, you can then take some abilities from them. You can pay, buy abilities, or, or do get extra experience, or other things like that. Uh, so you can get abilities, the unique abilities, that somebody else would have taken a different master class than you, so now you can get that ability on, let's say, Nyx. Yeah. <laughs> Since that's that's one of, the, one of the characters I can remember. We'll get to that as, as well, about how yes. I don't remember any of these fucking yeah. characters. <laughs> Um, so Nyx can now get this cool ability that she she didn't have in my playthrough because I didn't level her up that way, but now I got it because I bought it off of one of my opponents who had leveled her up a different way. Oh. So that's kind of how you get more of the skills. Okay. Uh, which is interesting and technically faster because now I can just fight a bunch of different people and kind of spin the roulette wheel to see if they have the abilities you're looking for and then you can apply them to the characters you want. So that's cool, but there was something nice about I'm going to switch this character to character, sorry, <laughs> character to a ninja, so I can get the lethality ability, so I can kill people in one shot. Uh, and you change somebody to a ninja, you got that, you did that, cool, I got that. I'm going to switch over to this next job now. And you don't really get that in this one. It feels it feels a little stunted in their progression, and that's kind of sad. Uh, you kind of feel like you finished here. Whereas yeah. in the previous game, like I would, I liked grinding. I, yeah. That's one another thing in Fire Emblem games you don't usually get is the ability to do this grinding stuff. Uh, Sacred Stones had it, Awakening has it, and now Birthright in Fates has it, and also Revelation has it as well. Um, in Conquest, Conquest is a more traditional Fire Emblem game where you are going through a linear story and you have to fight this battle and then this battle and then this battle and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so you won't get to characters' max levels, all the characters' max levels in Conquest. You can in Birthright, and that's what I did. Like yeah. I, I definitely went through all these characters. I made sure everyone married the people I wanted them to marry. I leveled them up all the way to level 20 for their master class for everybody. But you get to a point of, man, I've been using Nyx. Yeah. <laughs> well, Silas. I remember Silas. <laughs> I've been using Silas since the beginning of the game. Silas is now level 20 in his master class. He's kind of done. Yeah. If, if I brought him into another battle, he's not gaining anything. I just kept buying 
the um, the seals. I gave them five more levels. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably a good. That's probably a good way to do it. They're very expensive. And maybe that's. Do you, maybe that's the way you get more abilities. Maybe you can get more abilities that way too. If you gave them I those just, things and they got to more levels, I just see the experience gauge go up when I killed stuff. I that's, was just like, I just, I just want this to feel worth it. That is totally fair. But um, uh, I don't think that they gained. I don't think they gained any avail or any abilities. They just continued to gain like more strength, more uh, HP, whatever, which was kind of helpful in the final battle. But because I did not max out every character. Gotcha. Even though I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> my my other main complaint from a gameplay perspective is the the best strategy and something that was really fun and really made the game kind of easier, uh, both for the supports and for just playing it at all, was to pair your characters up. You had two two units on the field. They could become one unit that was a lot stronger because they could protect each other and get extra attacks in there. And that mechanic is slightly changed uh, yeah. in in Fates, where if the characters now take up a single space, they're a single unit now, the the supporting character will block for you, but they won't do any offensive attacks. Mm-hmm. So pairing up all of your units halves your entire army, and you don't get as many attacks per turn. Whereas in Awakening, they protect and attack all That's in one. Did. And it was beautiful, because yes. if I wanted two people to get married... Well, you two are a pair, and you two always fight together, and I don't care if you're weak because the other partner is super strong, and they can just bulldoze things, and it's fine. Right. And in this one, they can block, and they can love each other a little bit, yeah. gain some relationship out of that, but you really need to be doing attacks to, right. to get more of the, of the, of the juices. <laughs> um, and to do that, you need to have the characters side by side, but not as a single unit. And they can attack together. And at that, they they get the attack bonus, but they don't get the defense bonus. So it's it's more strategic. Uh, I'll give them that. It makes you play the game in a different way, and it's it's harder. Yeah. But I really liked the way Awakening did it, and I I wish that was in this game. I think I would have had a lot more fun. Um, but that's... I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think. I see why they did it. Yes. I, I see like why it. they did it. <laughs> but I think they could have also taken, uh, just because relationships specifically in Conquest are very hard to mm-hmm. make happen. Um, I think my first playthrough of Conquest, I had maybe just my main character's kid, and that was Oh, it. wow. Yeah. Uh, so I played the entire game with just my pretty much original team. The second time I played through, I was like, okay, so I know what I need to do this time (laughs) is I need to have everybody that I want to have kids because I was like, I need all these, I need the extra battles with the kids to actually get more experience and more, more everything else. So I was like, okay, well you guys get busy. So I had to like, just kind of put people together from the very beginning. I didn't have any time to, or I I felt like I didn't really have time to strategize with it because with Conquest, it's like either you guys get married or you don't, mm-hmm. uh, because if you don't get together by this battle, the fifth battle, it's right. just not going to happen. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, you said you, so you played uh, Awakening on casual mode, which is yes. to die. Um, Birthright, you also played on casual I mode? I played it all casual. All casual? Casual yeah. across the board. Okay. For Conquest, and maybe it's because I just wanted to get through it. Uh, Because I wanted to get to Revelation. 
Um, I bumped it down to the new Phoenix mode. What's, what does that, how does that Phoenix work? Phoenix is like, if casual is a filthy casual thing, and like, oh man, you're playing on casual mode, Phoenix is like, you're given a pacifier. <laughs> uh, oh, it's where they come back sooner, right? They come back on the next turn. Oh my gosh. Which, I don't think there's even a way to lose at some point there, because the the enemy would have to wipe all of your units out on a single turn. Yeah. Or you'd have to fight them and lose a bunch of health, and then they can just wipe you out at the at the their next turn. Which, if you're playing with any sort of strategy and just making sure one character is hanging back, then you'll get your characters back within the turn, and it's not wow. a big deal. So I did it more for a speed thing. I started playing on casual, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm still losing units. Uh, this is going by a little slower than I want. I want people, and the thing that pissed me off the most is that I'm trying to get the babies, and if somebody dies in casual, they're done for that uh, that battle, right. and they can't build any more relationship. I, I need the relationship to keep building. So if I'm Phoenix mode, they just come back the next turn, and they can still keep trying gain. to make babies. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is you know, which is all what it's all about. Yeah. So I I switched to Phoenix mode about a quarter of the way through the game. And I actually really ended up having a good time with that, even though I felt... Dirty? I felt a little bit dirty, but I also <laughs> felt like Conquest was the Fire Emblem game I wasn't looking for. Conquest, because yeah. Conquest felt a lot more like the Shadow Dragon, like the like the older, more traditional style of Fire Emblem game, whereas Birthright very much felt like Awakening, where I could go and grind and have some fun, and all these characters were happy and nice. Yeah, I guess I just, I almost got tired of the grinding part of Birthright. That's why I really, I really liked Conquest. Um, and uh, we talked about this, but I like Conquest more. That's, and that's interesting um, to me. For somebody who loves Awakening to yes. like Conquest more than Birthright. Um, Conquest, I, I thought the story overall was really good. I, I don't know, I really enjoyed the story more than, um, more than Birthright because uh, Conquest is like... <laughs> It just reaffirms you made the wrong decision the whole way through. <laughs> well, let's let's go over that for, for these people here. So the the story, the main story plot point, the whole reason this game is split up into two and then even three games is is that you are Corin. Uh, that's your that's your default name. I mm. I did not stay as Corin. <laughs> I was Me chase either. again, crazy. Um, so Corin is has grown up in Nor which is the Conquest area. Uh, that's very traditional Fire Emblem, medieval stuff, knights, wizards, that kind of stuff. And you've grown up, you're part of the royal family there, and you've, you've grown up thinking you were just, you were the brother or sister of all these other royalty people. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful people. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> Camilla... Giant boobs. Elise, very tiny and cute and all that. that, And at the end sequence for Conquest, they could not get enough jiggle They throw those boobs all over you. Which is really weird because you're supposed to be her brother. You can totally marry her. I know you can. And and, it's weird. And it's it's less weird when we get to that part of the story thing. But it's really weird when she's like, hey brother, look at my boobs. You can, which which is... That's that's uh, fucked because okay so let's get to anyway. that point which is <laughs> which is some shit is going down. Nor doesn't like doesn't like Hashido. Hashido is more of like the Japanese samurai 
looking looking area, cherry blossom stuff, all that. Um, you find out these these two nations are going to end up going to war, and you're kind of caught in the middle. And you figure out that the war is kind of about you, in that you were apparently stolen away from Hoshido as a child. You are actually of Hoshidan blood. You are actually part of the Hoshidan royal family, and they want you back. And Nor's like, no, 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 she's our, she's our sister, he's our brother, whatever, whichever path you choose. Um, and so then you get a choice at this very climactic battle in the fifth chapter. After spending time with both families. Right, you, you spend a little bit of time with each of them now, you figure out Hoshido's not, not so bad, in fact, they might be the good guys in this, in this area, and like, so then you get to this big, all-important question in the, in the fifth chapter, do you stay with your birth family of Hoshido and fight against Nor, who seems like kind of bad people. Kind of bad, except for you love your siblings. You love your your adopted siblings. Or, do you go back with your adopted siblings? Because they're the only family you've known. Right. It's such a a hard decision. Um, And in Birthright, you choose Hoshido. And in Conquest, you choose And in Birthright, you get all, everything you need. You can get experience, you can get more money. It's like everything's handed to you on, <laughs> you know, a pedestal, like, or on a pillow. See, my, my thinking is that Birthright feels like the canon story. I know that's, that's they will never admit that because <laughs> this whole the whole point of the story is it can be either one. Um, or it can be neither if you choose Revelation. Revelations where you say, no, none of you guys should be fighting. Stop it. What are you doing? And it's just you and your little songstress woman who apparently was the one who stole you. Or, no? No. Did she steal you? I thought she did steal you and then she got stolen or something happened. I don't know. No, she got stolen either in retaliation or, yeah, it was in retaliation she got stolen. But he was like, I don't care. Yeah. Because like, King Garrett's a dick. Yeah, she's she's fine either way. Um, and ends up being in your party no matter which no matter one you choose. Which is great because Azura is awesome. Yes, Azura is, is necessary. If you don't level her mostly. up. Well, <laughs> is awesome if you don't level her up? Well, I mean, like, if I, I actually went to her next class and then she didn't have sing, the sing ability oh. anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, don't, you're not, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. She's not supposed to get master classes. I did that in birthright, though. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) Okay. She's, yeah, the songstress class is kind of its own singular class that that doesn't, that doesn't need a, that doesn't need a master class. But I was like, Um, I want to do it. I, well, she has one of the specialized classes that you can level up further than 20. Yeah. So, I don't think I even got that far. Well, it was when I was leveling everybody up. 10, go up. Yeah, but yeah, if you're if you're it. not thinking about it, then yeah, yeah. absolutely, you'd level her up like that. Yeah, no, sing is super important, especially for conquest, because then you get uh, the yeah, sing ability lets like, people get extra turns, yeah. so they can get them juices flowing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, but she always died so many times. She's not, she's not strong. She's not strong. Did you play with Olivia at all in Awakening, the, the pink-haired girl who was the songstress? Um, she, I don't remember. Okay, she had the same mechanics as, yeah. as Azura, but she was a side character who could easily die, whereas Azura is a very important part of this game. Who can I, also easily die. But yeah, but I I don't think, I think when she dies, the story is over and you need to restart it. I don't think you no. can keep going with the game, because she's very integral to the story all the way to the end. So I think she's one of those, even if you were playing on the normal mode, if she dies, you just have to restart, because... 
she can't die. You can't yeah. you can't let her die. That'd be, that'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I think the story in Conquest, I and I, I just feel like maybe because it's so much, it's very linear. So mm-hmm. every single battle is a story battle. I, I just feel like there's a lot more work done. I, I felt very satisfied at the end of that game. As where I think I had a lot of questions, or I was just like not as satisfied with at the end of Birthright. Mm-hmm. I felt, um, and maybe it was even just the characters that died in one versus the other because you get deaths. I, I don't know if we should spoil. Who I dies, mean, yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal, but there are. It is a big deal. Well, it's a big deal, but it's uh, <laughs> yes. I'm like, himself. what? I was so upset in Birthright when that one dies. <laughs> Uh, let me, God, let's try not, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Let's not, not talk about spoilers, but are you talking about a person in your party who dies a person or a person on the other the, side who the, dies in my family in that's not helpful in <laughs> like, either way. <laughs> uh, well, when you're in Hoshido, everybody's your family. As far as you're concerned, you're like, I love everybody. Yeah, exactly. So and nobody in Hoshido, else my family that dies were Hoshido. No. Okay. No. Right. It was the North. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're talking. We're talking about when different I, things then. Okay. Because there's another thing. Like if you haven't, I think it happens in Birthright, and it, I think there's a similar thing that happens in in Conquest. If you don't have a character up to a certain support range at a very specific point in the game, uh, they can also just die. Oh. Which is weird because there's never been something like that in a Fire Emblem game, and it happened to me, and I went, "What?" Well, that had the. You're gonna have to tell. Yeah, me we'll 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 talk <laughs> we'll talk like, later about it because that was that was like, super. I don't know these secrets. That was super fucked. When but that happened. I don't know. Conquest just it kept me engaged the whole way through. It was shorter, and I I actually really like the challenge of not being able to go back and like mm-hmm. do extra battles. Or I, I remember one specific battle, the one that you are in the thieves cave. Uh, okay. and the spikes and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the first time I played that through, I don't think anybody I needed was leveled to where they <laughs> needed to be. Yeah, that's um, a rough one. It was. I, I think it took me four or five tries to get it. and then mm-hmm. But then the second playthrough, I, I owned it. Like I was like, okay, I know everything I need to do now. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing you said that was really interesting to me, and you said this much before, but you were talking about the Conquest story, was how it kept reaffirming that you were on the wrong side. Yes. Uh, that's that's kind of the reason I like the Birthright story more, is because it feels more traditional in the way that we're definitely the good guys, you guys are definitely the bad guys, some of you might not be bad, but you're on the wrong side. And we're, our, everything we're doing is justified. Whereas in Conquest, you definitely realize you're on the wrong side, and you have that moment. But then you get this whole thing of like, building you're like getting ready for a revolution you're like mm-hmm. like we we're going to we know well it's really king garen is wrong yeah and if we get somebody else you just you just realize you have to kind of convince everybody else around you it's it's a little it's weird because the, the, the game is set up or we're we're told that it's these two armies fighting against each other you get to be on one side or the other and then you f- see what happens and it's really only when you choose Hoshido does that work out. When yeah. you're Nor, you do fight Hoshido every once in a while, and it's kind of reluctantly. But mo- mainly it's kind of like, hey guys, we're actually bad guys, yeah. and we need to fix that, and we need to have a coup. And so you're kind of fighting your own dudes 
you're still fighting Nor at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, that's so true. that's that's the thing that was weird to me. It's cool. It's different. They are they are two very different stories, uh, which is which yes, is nice. And I was concerned about that too when I got Conquest. I was like, I really hope this isn't just a oh now everything's the same, but everyone's blonde instead of having red hair. Right. Like <laughs> I was very worried about that, but uh, no, it was like two completely different stories up up until like. After the choice is made, it's a different story. Obviously, you both have the same beginning, which is sad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it would have to. There, there has yeah. to be that fulcrum point. For, but at least you something. can skip to that point. Uh, but if you're not, if you're dumb, you, you should play through it in Conquest because that's experience. <laughs> yeah, that that's, you need to get. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yes. that's a really good point. Uh, and then there's Revelation, which we don't know a whole lot about. We know it's the the time where you don't choose a side, and then uh, from what I know is that you. Eventually, it, it's kind of the middle ground game. Yeah, I had no idea exactly what Revelations was about. I didn't know if it was like an epilogue or, or what. No, it's it's a completely thir- separate third chapter uh, really? that is just as long as the other two games. Um, somewhere in between, because it it still has it has the grinding ability that that Birthright does. It has some of the more challenging uh, gameplay elements that that. Conquest has, so it's just kind of, it kind of does everything. And then apparently, and I'm not exactly sure how, because these armies are fighting against each other, but somehow you can recruit everyone. Pretty much everyone. Just for their love of you. Yeah. But then you can pair everyone up. You can pair Nor and Hoshido people together, which, yes, is totally awesome. So I, I mean, I have all my pairs written for, for both of these, just for the research we were doing. Um, like here were all my birthright pairs. Here are all my conquest pairs. We're not going to go through all those because it would take a long time, and they're really not, not important. Uh, but it got me so excited about Revelation, knowing that all of them were in the same boat. That I, and I that you made, can actually level them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I ended up making a list of the of all the potential people and their partners to get the kids that I wanted with the right hair colors that I wanted <laughs> and so they'd have be the right classes and that kind of stuff. Um, that's also another weird small change from Awakening to uh, to Fates is that in Awakening it was always the mothers that that, that uh, determine the children and this one it's the fathers who determine the children and the other parent in both games would be the one who hair color got passed down yeah. so it was always clearly oh this is this is the mom's kid in right in a awakening and it doesn't matter who the dad is because they'll just say oh your father did that or yeah. whatever um but he would have the father's hair color so it made you feel like they were a family and this time they just flipped the script which is good and and kind of bad if you're a strategic person who really liked Awakening because in Awakening, the best class was a class that uh, only females could be and that Mm -hmm. was the Dark Flyer uh, because it had an ability called Gale Force which is an awesome ability that lets you when you kill an enemy you can have another turn which got super good like that's that's a really amazing thing to happen when you're trying to have a tactical advantage so you'd want to get as many people as possible and the only way to get it on guys was to have those kids get it passed down through their moms. And in this game, it doesn't quite work that way, because yeah. now it's the dads, so now you don't know they can't necessarily get the Dark Flyer class. And in fact, 
They've just eliminated the Dark Flyer class just altogether. Too, probably because it was too powerful. They brought it back with some DLC. Like oh. you, you can you can get some Dark Flyer Master Class items, so you can make a couple of Dark Flyers. But again, you're only getting it for a couple of your party members, not for a lot, a large amount of them, like you could in the previous games. So that's a little bit disappointing because that's such a cool feature. And again, it just makes me think, man, Awakening's a better better game <laughs> at the end of the day than both. But I still very much enjoyed playing both of them. I, like, yeah, I do as well. I, I will I rag on these games, but they are they are both solid games. They are for sure that doesn't sound very for sure. They are for sure. Thinking about it, they are for sure the best games that came out this year so far. Pokemon might be better. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean with a name like S and M, you got to uh, you gotta be good. Oh man. Um but, do you think they realize? Do you think they regret it? Do you think No, they, I don't think they regret it at all. Because what happens what happens with Pokemon games, they, they would never write it that way. For they would do for red, blue, and yellow, it's RBY and then it's GS, so this will just be SM. Like nobody yeah. will nobody will say SNM. It just it's just <laughs> not going to happen. We will, because it's yes, funny. Because it's funny. <laughs> um, but I don't think they, they care one way or another. Yes. <sighs> Fire Emblem is really good. I, yeah. I, it's who did your main character hook up with? My main character in Birthright uh, hooked up with uh, was a was a lady in the in the uh, in Birthright and hooked up with uh, Shigure, which is one of the kids of which is the kid of the crom like character. <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird. Yeah, but I, I didn't hook up, up with, with any kids. kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Well, that's something I learned from Awakening. Is that yeah. when when the parents have a kid, the kid gets plus extra something to all of their stats, mm-hmm. so they're automatically better than the parent. It just yeah. it just happens. The parents will max out their stats, and the kids will max out their stats, and they'll just be better than the parents. You should never by the end of that game, you should never be using the parents if you're trying to play as effectively as possible. Yeah. So in this game, well, in that game, the your player character could marry anyone. Well, any any one of the opposite gender. So what you should do if you're playing the game the most efficiently and effectively is you should be marrying one of the kids. So when that when your characters have a kid, that kid is gets extra stats. That's why you marry. That's why I married No uh, in in Awakening because not only did she get all of Navi's extra stats, her mom, mm-hmm. uh, but then she got the extra stats from No. And that made her into, or that made him, no, her. Yeah, it's the opposite gender of the yes. avatar. So that made his <laughs> his <laughs> daughter the best she could possibly be. And she was a dragon. Yeah. So that's one of the better combinations you could do. Strategically, not for love. For love, yeah. for love, like you married Krom. Because, like, you... You gotta marry Krom. I totally married Krom yeah. the first time around. I, I think in my in my first playthrough when I played through as a guy, I married Lucina. Yeah. Lucina's also awesome. And yeah. gives you the, the cool Aether ability, which is the one you want, that lets you uh, do extra damage and also heal yourself uh, with those attacks. Uh, Aether, you can find from one character in in this game, I think. Or you get you get one you get one item that lets you get the Aether ability. It's like the Dark Flyer thing. Where yeah. It's like, hey, you played through that DLC? Cool, here's the here's the thing that lets you be 
the one class that you really want to get that one ability, <laughs> and by the way, you you know, that's really it. the only character who gets it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of the pissy thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, in, in Fates, it was definitely the same thing. Um, marry one of the kids so you can get the strongest possible uh, kid. Um, so yeah, I married Shigure, who's the kid of Ryoma, who is the okay. Krom equivalent of this game. He's the big red yeah. samurai guy. Yeah. Um, and then in Conquest, I married Soleil. Soleil is the um, is the girl who loves cats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I like... She's cool because she's the daughter of Inigo from the first game. Uh, that's Actually, let's touch on that briefly. Um, mm -hmm. Is that they're all in the... You'll see them more in Conquest. They're in Birthright, but you're mm -hmm. actually on your team in Conquest. There are a few characters who make the jump from Awakening to uh, Fates. But I didn't remember any of that. <laughs> well, they all go by different names. Okay. And they act like they're undercover. Okay. Uh, because they are undercover. They're... It's a weird, dumb thing where it's like, oh, we came to this parallel world to help something else, and we had to fix it. So, Owain, who you might remember from the first game, he was one of the kids. He was the kid of Lissa, who was the sister of Krom, which doesn't matter to people yeah. who don't understand this, but I think you understand where I'm going. Yes. And Owain was one of the crazy fan favorite guys who would name all of his swords. And yeah. He was really crazy and excited about combat, and everything had to have a name, and all my special moves have a name, and... He was the video gamiest character of all of them. And he was great. People loved him. Uh, in this game, his name is Odin. Mm -hmm. And he still Odin feels the same way, but now he does magic? And wait a minute, I thought he was all about swords. That's crazy. And in support conversations, you find out, like, oh, when he came here, that's part of his cover-up is now he does magic instead of swords. Um, and then the other two characters are Severa, uh, who was the daughter of... Um, the Pegasus Knight who, with the red hair, who was always really clumsy. I forgot her name. In Awakening. Um, and now she is Selena in this one. Mm -hmm. Real real big change to her name. And again, she still acts the same way she did, where she's kind of a stuck-up ratty kind of girl. But now she's at least gone through Awakening, so she's had some character development. Yeah. Not as terrible. Yeah. And then the last one is Inigo, and I forgot what Inigo's name is in this game. Um, it's... Oh, it's like it's Lazarus or Laszlo. Laszlo, that's oh, it. Oh, okay, Laszlo. Yeah. yeah, and Laszlo's still Isn't like. Isn't that both of Xander's guard people? Laszlo yeah, and yeah, they're all part of. All three of them are part of the the royal family guard. Uh, that's what? that's yeah. That's the those are the positions they've been able so to find. So maybe maybe Nor is on the right side. <laughs> if all those guys came to, I think we're gonna figure out why they're there in Revelation. They're probably there mm -hmm. to stop the real enemy, and the real enemy is whatever Ganon. Or, yeah. Sorry, Garen. Garen yeah. It's like worshiping. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, so, or embodying. I'm sure they needed to get closer to that, and that'll be part of that story. We'll see. Um, but Laszlo's daughter is Soleil, who is weird and really likes boys and likes kitty cats and feels weird. I don't know. And you were just like, actually, I want to go to there. Maybe Soleil. Is it Soleil who actually likes guys? There's there's one character who... There's one character for each game. This, this game also introduces same-sex marriages for very specific characters. Um, and Soleil might be the one who can marry either a guy or a girl. Mm. I don't know. There's there's some there's some weird stuff in there. I didn't... 
I, didn't I wasn't paying around. enough attention to the S's to see if there was like a same-sex character yeah. or not. Um, there definitely is for both of them. Because um, I know Leo's son is effeminate. Very much but, so, but he is not. But he, I thought he could only marry another girl. He can, yeah. So they, they do they do some cool things with the diversity in this game where, yeah, Forrest, who is Leo's son, yeah, uh, very has has cute little locks and all that stuff and you know dress, dresses in pink and has a nice little beret uh he definitely identifies as a guy even though he doesn't mind wearing dresses and doing that other stuff but he he definitely says like no no i'm, I'm a dude i like girls like i yeah. just i just think clothes are cool and i should be wearing these cool clothes instead of wearing junk yeah um, so that it is kind of cool how they did how they did some of that I will say I think the characters are a little flatter than they are in Awakening. And part of that is is just that I feel like... Part of that, I think, is really the localization. Whereas Awakening was done by um, the guys at 8-4 Play, who are a specific localization house. Uh, they also have podcasts, or it's 8-4. Their podcast is called 8-4 Play. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys have done some really great work on lots of different games. Most One of the most recent ones was Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U. Um, those guys are awesome. And they did a great job with the localization in Awakening, whereas Nintendo for Fates, they brought it in-house to their Treehouse division, which is their Nintendo's internal localization team. And, I don't know, they're just a little flatter. They aren't as... They aren't... It, part of it is just there are so many more characters in these games. They, they, yeah. There just has to be with with two separate storylines, there's just so much content in there. And some of the characters just ring a little hollow or are kind of forgettable. Yeah. That's why we can't remember. Maybe, do you, you don't think it's just because it's two games worth of characters? Like, because it's a lot of conversations you have to come up with. True. It's possible. It's possible. It's probably a little bit of that. It's also a little bit that Man, you guys just kind of took characters from the first game. I mean, literally in three cases. Yeah. But they also kind of took characters in the first game and just said, "Let's kind of make that character again." Yeah. Uh, like the uh, the ninja guy, or not the ninja, the thief in the first in Awakening, Gaius, mm-hmm. uh, who liked candy and stealing and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, the kid that the uh, that Saizo can have, who's the ninja in this yes, game. Yes, that's who I married in Birthright. That, and does so not surprise the, me whatsoever. I had the kid. The, the kid who looks just like Gaius. Yeah. And I don't know if he talks about candy as much, but he, he looks... He loves ex- candy. He does like candy? Then he's he exactly the Gaius. Candy. They just made Gaius again. They just didn't tell you it was Gaius. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's the uh, the girl who... The, the red-haired girl, Pegasus girl, for, who likes Crom but never could get Crom in Awakening. Yeah. There's a daughter character in this. I believe her name is Caldori. Unless that's the actual name of the the (laughs) The one from Awakening. Because they're so interchangeable of, oh, I need to be perfect, but I'm also a little clumsy. Whoops. It just... mm. They remade some of the characters. uh, Setsuna in this game is uh, a green-haired arrow girl. Yeah. Kind of like the girl who shot arrows who was... Who wore green. She didn't have green... She could have green hair. Who was Tarja's daughter? I forgot what her name was. I mean, I guess when you think about it, though, it is yeah, it's a lot of characters, and it, 
regardless, I think even if they tried to come up with all new people, sure. you still would have seen some repetitive. And, it, and well, yeah, because it's also just tropey anime. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, it's the Severo, which is the, uh, what's the fucking term for it? It's the, I don't know, there's the anime term where it's a, it's a girl who is really mean to you, but, you know, it ends up kind of likes you at the end. I didn't know there was an anime term for that. Uh, there definitely is. I just forgot it right now. Like, uh, <laughs> another example is um, is the the new character that they added for Persona Four Golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is stupid. I hate you. I don't even want to be around you. And I, mean, I kind of like you once you once you break down my yeah, hard her. exterior. Yeah, and so there. <laughs> that's that's definitely a term, and I it's just blanked out of my mind, and I'm kind of glad it did because I don't want to know that much. I much about rather hear anime your tropey bullshit. Whatever, I just want to hear your explanation of anime tropey bullshit. Uh, I've I've not watched nearly enough anime to know enough tropey bullshit, but there's I mean there there's the guy who tries so hard, like Owain, who yeah yeah, just there's the overexcitable people. It's, Although I it's really like much. um. I really like the character of Arthur, I think. Yep. It, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like this, the big, strong guy mm-hmm. who apparently has the worst luck in the world. He was very funny. He was. It was like, it was a very great, like, just, oh, you know, don't, if you rest those people, just, you're going to help a fire, please don't catch a fire. Like, <laughs> and his kid's great, too, because his kid just thinks he's a superhero. Um, and he wears the mask. Oh, you didn't get that? Percy is great. Percy, Percy wears, like, a little eye mask. He looks like a superhero. He just wants to, he wants to be the, the coolest guy. He's Naruto. Yeah? Yeah. That's Basically. Great. So when I say anime trophy bullshit, I mean, I could tell you a Naruto character who's basically the same the character same as all these other characters. That's, that's what I mean by trophy bullshit. And I'm Fair. sure if I actually watched One Piece, I could say the same thing for something like One Piece this or for great. I've, I've heard people say they like it, but I'm sure it has the same stuff. They all, they're all anime trophy bullshit things. Some so anime is good. I like anime. I like some anime. You don't, you don't sound like you like anime. I've watched <laughs> way too much Naruto. <laughs> um, I have a subscription to Crunchyroll. Yeah. Okay. Well, that just must mean you like it. I mean, I'm paying yeah. like, what is it? Like seven, eight dollars or five, know, eight dollars a month a to, to watch unlimited anime. Yeah. I just watch my Netflix anime. Yeah. There's there's a lot of Netflix anime as well. There's there a lot of anime out there. Yes. Um, and if you like anime, Fire Emblem Fates is also anime. It's for you! <laughs> uh, yes. So, we this is this has definitely gone longer than yes. either of us probably expected. But, uh, to close it out, I think Fire Emblem Fates, both, both versions. A plus. A plus. I'm giving a thumbs up. Thumbs ups, sure. <laughs> um... I would say if you've never played a Fire Emblem game before, play Awakening. Play Awakening. First. Awakening is so much better. It's but but they're all they good. Are, but they're good. You should play them all. You just play play. You should eventually I'll, play play them all. all of the ones on 3ds. <laughs> <laughs> I and, can't say anything about the ones prior. Yeah, but play I, the ones on 3DS. the 3ds ones. I think are objectively the best. And ones. play it play it like a fi- filthy casual. Yeah, I like I have no problem being a filthy casual in this game in these games. They're great. I don't like know. even maybe someday I'll get the guts to do. Even Phoenix know. mode I think is totally think a valid heart, way to my play. My heart would just hurt too much. That's the problem. Yeah, you lose a character and you lose out on so much extra stuff that yeah. you didn't even expect to lose out on. So um, I would also caution people to take their time. Yeah. Uh, don't burn yourself out like I did playing uh, through Birthright and 
and uh, and conquest, and now kind of dreading revelation. Even though I'm also it's a it's an excited dread though. It's like hey, I, I know I'm gonna love this, but I also just know it's gonna be such an investment. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, and it's gonna be much longer than either of the other games because now I can marry all, all the, of them. I'm gonna intermarry all of the royal yeah. houses. Oh, think yeah, I totally have that. Like I. I, told, I said I'm not going to read this whole list, but I'm going to read some of this list. Like, uh, Odin needs to marry Orochi. Orochi's like yeah, the, the, the one girl. Yeah, yeah the girl the with the fans who, yeah, who's basically just Mai from King of Fighters. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Xander and, uh, and Charlotte? Charlotte? I think I actually had them married before. Charlotte Charlotte's is also the, in Conquest. Yeah. Uh, but she's the one who's kind of who's kind of like Prissy Princess, but yeah. then he's also like, I have an axe, and I'm going to fuck people up. Yeah. But then I'm going to go back to She's being kind of Prissy Princess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryoma and Camilla. Yeah. Because, be... I don't know, like, Shigure is going to have that sweet-ass purple hair <laughs> and probably big boobs somehow. Okay, great. Uh, but, yeah, just some of this, like, some of that intermingling stuff seems really fun could be could be kind of cool. So I'm excited to play Revelation. And Plus their conversations with each other. Yeah, there's there's got there's like a whole extra set of supports that I yes. haven't seen yet. Like think about it. think about all the supports. Danielle. Now he's excited. Um, and then also just I want to know. He actually just told me silently to get out of his apartment so he can play Revelations. <laughs> I mean, you can stay. <laughs> um, I I also want to know the ending to the story. I want to know why the the Awakening kids are there. I want to know why Garen is evil. Where all that stuff came from. Uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. So, all all good things. Definitely play these games. Uh, you'll hear me talk about them more in Game of the Year in December. I am sure of that. Um, so, Danielle, uh, what I usually do is let our guests kind of plug themselves a little bit. If they have any place for people to find them on the internet, if they want to plug their Twitter, if they have a certain blog they write to. Um, I have all the things. Yeah, feel uh, free. Share share so your stuff and get all of our giant listenership to, okay. to come and come and check out all the stuff you do. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniela Bellas, B E L L A S. I'll also have links to all yeah. this stuff too, so don't, uh, don't worry about. It. And um, my Snapchat, which I. I despised that app when it started. I deleted it the first day, and now I'm like a complete addict. But it's uh, Ella Say Hellos. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> which right. is which is a comparison of my blog, which is Ella Says Hello dot com. Nice. So, what's what's your blog about? Me. I don't know. I write, I write about kind of whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, sometimes I review something. Sometimes I just kind of write down whatever my current thoughts are. Um, recently I've been writing about uh, my, my rebooting of myself, uh, which I got from, um, I totally copied off Will Wheaton. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I talk about whatever. Um, it's not any specific. Still finding my voice, I guess. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you, you'll talk about some, maybe a little bit of game stuff. Yes. Some book stuff is definitely in there. You're very literary. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, as for Gamers on the Go, gamersonthego.com is where you can find the podcast and all that good stuff. Uh, I have been writing a little bit more for the site. I did put up a post about why I think 9,999 damage is 
the worst number in RPGs, uh, and I talk about Bravely Second while while mentioning that. Um, so I won't spoil the reason why, uh, but you can read that and, and find out why that number is dumb. <laughs> um, and then Gamers on the Go, uh, at GOTG Podcast is our Twitter account. Uh, we don't use our Facebook that much, but you can. If you post something to our Facebook, I'll find out about it. Um, and then you can always suggest a game either in our Ask box on Tumblr, or you can ma- message us at uh, GamersOnTheGo at gmail.com. Or, G- sorry, GOTGpodcast at gmail.com um, to, to let us know what you'd like to hear about. And I will take it under consideration probably choose whatever i'm going to choose anyway (laughs) um but anyway i want to thank you all for listening danielle i want to thank you very much for coming on talking about these not this these uh great games and uh and yeah hopefully we can have you on again sometime yeah it was fun i would love to come back all right i'll hold you to it see you guys